Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 62, Evolution in Action. I've been reading a new book, Life Between the Tides, by the prolific British writer Adam Nicholson. It's the story of watching a community establish and grow in three tide pools he constructed on the north coast of Scotland. And because he's only just across the pond from us here in the northeast region of North America, we're taking a few weeks to share some of his insights and observations of the organisms he's observed. We've been looking at the periwinkle chapter. Nicholson includes a short account of how a species of periwinkle changed its shape rapidly in response to predation pressure. This caught my eye because the research he was talking about was completed here in the Gulf of Maine in the early 1980s by a researcher called Robin Hadlock Seeley. The periwinkle in question is Littorina obtusata, the smooth periwinkle, and is found in Europe as well as over here in North America. You typically find it low in the intertidal zone amongst the prolific brown algae, rockweed, Ascophyllum nodosum, and bladderwrack, which are various species of the genus Fucus. These small periwinkles can be more colorful than their other litorina cousins. Some have bright yellow or boldly striped shells. They make their living grazing on the algae they reside on. And as the name suggests, their shells are relatively smooth, lacking the pointy spire found on the common and rough periwinkles also found in the Gulf of Maine intertidal zone. Nowadays, the smooth periwinkles here in North America look similar to the smooth periwinkles in Europe. They are the same species after all, but it wasn't always that way. Prior to 1900, the smooth periwinkles north of Cape Cod were significantly less smooth than they are today. The spiral whorls of their shells were much more defined, with much less overlap than what is seen in the smooth variants today. The net result of this growth form is that the pre-1900 winkles also had thinner shells, again from that lack of overlap. Why did they change? This is what Seeley's research investigated. For context, there was a long-standing debate in the scientific community about how evolution happened. Was it long and gradual, following Darwinian mechanisms of natural selection, or was it fast, sometimes called punctuated equilibrium, meaning things stayed the same for a long time and then suddenly changed, a new species formed through a mechanism other than natural selection? Much of the evidence for either side of this debate came from the fossil record, which has its own set of complicating biases. What Seeley did was demonstrate this process happening in real time with living organisms. What she did was look at smooth periwinkle shells collected in the Gulf of Maine before 1900 from the collections of various natural history museums and compared them to smooth periwinkle shells collected from the same field sites in the early 1980s. The shells were measured in several dimensions and the data clearly showed a significant decrease in the pointiness of the spire and an increase in the shell thickness. In roughly 100 years, or less than 17 periwinkle generations, there was a nearly complete change in the shell shape of this species. Documenting that alone was interesting enough, but she then went on to look for a cause, and coming down squarely in the camp of Darwinian pressure, determined that predation pressure by European green crabs, Carcinus manus, was the likely contender for driving this change in snail shell shape. She demonstrated that smooth periwinkles with thinner, pointier shells, there were actually some remnant populations of this form in far down east Maine, suffered much higher predation losses to green crabs than the squatter, thicker-shelled snails. In the clincher, 
Green crabs didn't migrate north of Cape Cod until after 1900. It appears from the data that as soon as green crabs came on the scene, they exerted such strong selective pressure on smooth periwinkles that the only individuals left to reproduce and populate subsequent generations were the periwinkles that were smoother and thicker. All the others had been eaten. This research shows that there was middle ground in that biological debate. Rapid change in a population was possible as the result of Darwinian natural selection. No speciation required. Really great stuff. I'll continue to share insights from Life Between the Tides by Adam Nicholson over the coming weeks. As we move into summer and you start looking for a literal beach read, this would be a good one. This has been episode 62 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week. Thank you.